0: Today is a special day in the liturgy uh, for a couple reasons. First, it's a Ember Saturday. There's the ember, three ember days of December in which we uh, traditionally would give thanks to God, renew our covenant with Him, and pray for priests. Because actually Ember Saturday in December was for centuries the only day Uh, priests were ordained. It was the official ordination day for priests. And so it was a day of prayer and fasting for those new priests and for all the priests of the church. So there's that in mind. But then secondly, and more importantly even, is today's December 17th. Means we're getting close to Christmas, only a week away. And we see this anticipation Uh, get more excited in uh, the liturgy, in the Mass and the Divine Office. If you notice, in today's prayers, we don't reference Mary, even though there's no other saint today. There's no memorial or other feast day we're celebrating, so usually on Saturday, we commemorate the Blessed Virgin Mary. But today, the prayers Uh, do not because it's a privileged time this week before Christmas, uh, this time called, uh, the O-antiphons. For those of you who have the entire Bible memorized and were paying attention to the Alleluia verse that Brother Ken sang, you'll notice it was not a verse from Scripture. It was not from the Bible. It was the first O-antiphon. O wisdom of our God, most high, guiding creation with power and love, come to teach us the path of knowledge. This is the first of the seven O Antiphons, and they are, will also be uh, recited at Vespers, in the Liturgy of the Hours. And these seven titles are titles of the Messiah, who we are expecting to come. The first is Wisdom, the second Lord and Ruler, the third Root of Jesse, the fourth Key of David, the fifth Dawn of the East, sixth King of the Gentiles, and seventh God with us, Emmanuel. So this is actually, we sing this in the hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. It's a paraphrase of these O Antiphons, going way back to uh, ancient times of the church. And O Come Emmanuel is actually the seventh O Antiphon, even though we start it in the, that hymn. Uh, but wisdom, that is actually the second verse of the hymn, is actually the, the first O Antiphon. So during these next seven days, maybe with, when you pray with your family, seeing a verse uh, of the O Come o Come Emmanuel. Oh, come wisdom, wisdom. Why, why is that a title of the Lord? Because he is wisdom incarnate. It was through God's wisdom that he ordered all of creation, that he, you know, created everything in his providence. And yet, when we look out into the world, oftentimes in our cynicism, we, we see a lot of messiness. And we doubt even God's existence at times. We we fail to see the wisdom in the order of creation. Oftentimes, the messiness, well, actually always, the messiness is due to sin. Sin is what creates so much of our problems, and yet, God in his wisdom, infinite wisdom, brings a greater good out of that evil. And we hear in today's gospel that Jesus enters into our messiness of this world. And he is wisdom incarnate, the Word made flesh. He even renews that creation in a greater fashion. He makes all things new. And we hear even Jesus' family, his genealogy. You know, think of our families, all the messiness that goes on in our families, and maybe going back through our family tree, there's probably a lot of messiness. And Jesus, we, we hear in today's Gospel, deals with the same things, all the different problems of human nature he takes on. we hear Matthew, St. Matthew, establish Jesus as the Messiah, as the son of Abraham. His ancestral line goes back to Abraham, whereas Luke goes back to Adam, kind of establishing Jesus as the father of all nations. But with St. Matthew's genealogy, we hear Jesus go back to Abraham, the father of Israel. And there's four people in this genealogy who are not men. There's four women named in this genealogy, and St. Matthew is highlighting some of that messiness of even Jesus' family tree. First, we have uh, well, one of them, Ruth, she was revered. she is revealed in the church as a holy woman, but she wasn't born Jewish, she wasn't an Israelite, she was a pagan and married in to Jewish family. and so that 's good, but it shows that someone in fam- uh, jesus family tree wasn't following. The, the commandments, the laws of Israel, because they were supposed to remain married within Israel and not mix with the pagan Gentiles. And then the other three women are all women associated with sexual immorality. We have Tamar, the daughter-in-law of Judah, who seduced Judah, in order to keep her line alive after her husband died. And then we have Rahab, who was the prostitute in Jericho who saved uh, the Israelites from coming. And then we have Solomon's mother Bathsheba, who David married after murdering her husband. So. St. Matthew's highlighting these different stories from the past showing the messiness and yet how God still brings a greater good out of these evils and how he still keeps his promise to David that his royal line will remain alive how he keeps his promise to Abraham how he will become the father of all nations and how Even Judah, his prophecy is also still maintained despite all this messiness. In our first reading, we hear how uh, Judah um, is prophesied by Israel, Jacob, his father, to be having that uh, scepter, that royal scepter, which will never be separated from him. And this is kept alive through Jesus. So even though uh, Israel is conquered and Babylonian exile happens, and for centuries the, the heir of the son of David, the royal king of Israel is unknown, St. Matthew is proclaiming, he has come. Jesus is that heir, not only the king of Israel, but he is to become the King of Kings. And so, this, this messiness of even Jesus' family, God can work through that. As we prepare for the coming of Christ, then, and recognize how he is that divine wisdom it is a great opportunity to reflect upon how divine wisdom is not worldly wisdom. Because how does Christ come? He comes as a little child, a little infant, clothed in poverty and obedience, subjection. You know, that doesn't seem, according to our understanding of royalty, of the anointed one, and yet God's wisdom is not worldly wisdom. Jesus is showing that all these things that we value in royalty or in pleasure or wealth, it does not matter. Jesus is pointing us to something beyond, something which will last forever. And at the end of his life, he even shows us more of divine wisdom. And yet, St. Paul calls this folly to the Gentiles and a stumbling block to the Jews. What is this I'm talking about? It's Christ's death. His death on the cross so often we can't really make sense of why Jesus really had to die on the cross we can't really make sense of why we have to carry our own cross it's a difficulty for us and yet that is why during this time of Advent we especially today are asking the wisdom of God to come to us that we may know that true knowledge of God's creation, that we may see as God sees, and that we may have that prudence and understanding to go about our daily life according to not worldly wisdom, but God's wisdom. Because in the end, that is how we also Partake in this kingdom of God, which Christ, the anointed one, has come to establish for us. And it is how we are also able to share in that infinite and majestic divinity of Jesus, because he invites us, he who was born as a man, he invites us to be now be born as a man sons and daughters of God, not as St. John says, not born of the flesh or of the will of man, but as sons and daughters of God. That is the power, that is the wisdom, that is the inheritance our Lord has come to establish and give to us this Christmas. May the Blessed Virgin Mary and St. Joseph intercede for us that we may receive this wisdom, and see as God sees the beauty and wisdom of this world.
1: Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org.